Little ships for big kids. In medieval times, it was thought if you had the right combination, you could turn base metals into gold through a process known as alchemy. Well, it never really turned out that way until now. With this recent discovery, we have been able to turn ordinary sounds and music into heavenly jazz. We call it jazz alchemy. Don't believe me? Try it out. Tune in Tuesday night, 6 to 8. I like to mix it up, combine the right formula with a lot of variations of jazz. I think you'll like it. A laid-back jazzy mood to ease you into the evening. Hope you take a listen. With me, your host, June. Don't forget, jazz alchemy. The Magic Mix of Jazz, Tuesdays, every Tuesday night, 6 to 8, only on WERU Community Radio. Support for WERU comes from Maine Boats, Homes, and Harbors magazine, covering Maine's boats, harbors, arts, and architecture since 1987. Bringing the coast as close as the mailbox, on the web at mainboats.com. And the time is 10 o'clock. Stay tuned for Boat Talk. Good morning, good morning. It's the second Tuesday of the month, 10 o'clock here at Community Radio, WERU-FM, Blue Hill. It's time for Boat Talk, your call-in radio show for people contemplating things naval with your rusty anchors, Mike Joyce and Alan Sprague. A show that covers anything boat-wise, from uh, ice boats here locally all the way down to uh, down in the Caribbean on the big luxury uh, yachts down there enjoying the lap of luxury it's kind of a ice boats to ice cube boats kind of show anything that fits into that category will will fit right in it is a call-in show too one 9378 if you have anything that you'd like to contribute please anytime just give us a call we have a special guest here today steve stone the uh cinematographer i guess you call that steve of uh offcenterharbor.com a great uh, wooden boat video Website. We're going to be talking with Steve about that in a little bit. But first, we're going to get to the uh, usual uh, things in the news with Mike. Got an email a little while ago. A fellow was asking, what is the Boat Talk theme music? Oh, yeah. yeah. We should mention that every time and only make it about every third time. Every, uh, I keep a little sheet here, uh, you know, the date and the guess, what we're talking about. And uh I always write on the uh, upper corner, TCB, take care of business, but I always forget to uh, uh, mention that Joel is engineering this morning, Joel Mann. And, Down in the and, engine room. Uh, answering when you call in. And also that uh, Schooner Fair, a very generously provided the yes, music. Yes, they, they actually volunteered it to us. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, it's an old uh, Newfoundland theme. It's an old Newfoundland uh, sea uh, shanty called Eyes the By. Eyes the By. I'm the man, you yep. know, so to speak, in Newfoundland speak. Yeah, we and, be us. Yeah, thought of that when uh, we used to have Lyle Lovitz, If I Had a Boat, but because of internet copyright challenges uh, uh, looming, 
Uh, Lawyer-wise, it was decided that, that uh, you know, probably weren't going to be using that anymore. So No. Yeah, well, uh, maybe Lyle is listening. If you are, Lyle, give us a call. Maybe yeah. you can help us out. I actually called down to my old uh, stomping grounds down in Nova Scotia looking for a, a copy of that. I thought of Eyes the Buy, and the classic version would be by Stomping Tom. He's an old Newfoundland, uh, I don't know what you call him, a folk singer, Stompin' Tom <laughs> Connor. He's an absolute classic. I don't know if he's still with us or not, but Stompin' Tom wasn't called Stompin' Tom for nothing. Huh. And uh, you want a great version of Eyes the Buy, that would, that would be the one we were looking for, Schooner Fair. And uh, they actually let me edit that and put the penny whistle in a place where it wasn't, which was very nice of them, too, to huh. let me mess with their tune. So, Schooner Fair, Eyes the Buy. There we go. So I have one report. I'll start out then. I guess um, remember about oh three four shows ago we talked about a uh, sperm whale that was stranded off of uh, Scudic, a dead dead sperm whale, and it was uh, brought back to shore by the College Atlantic uh, Allied Whale people for uh, dissection to see if they could determine what the cause of death was and. Um, they finally got the autopsy report back from that sperm whale, and unfortunately, the report is undetermined. The, the whale itself didn't show any real signs of ship strike. All the bones seem to be in good shape. Um, unfortunately, its lungs were too badly decomposed for them to be able to tell if it actually had um, pneumonia, I guess is what a common cause of death uh, natural cause of death for whales is that they get pneumonia in their lungs. And living in a wet uh, environment like that, I guess, would be possible. But yeah. uh, uh, what they did find was that there were signs of uh, scarring around its mouth, as though its mouth had been maybe entangled, and its stomach was empty. So maybe you can put two and two together there and say, how big is a sperm whale? This one was 55 feet. They figure it was about 90% mature. If you were 55 feet long, you would not like to have an empty stomach, would you? No, no, and not be able to see all the fish or squid. I guess they eat primarily squid right in front of you and not be able to open your mouth. That would be bad news. Aside, saw a video on the television this morning of people 3,000 feet under the ocean filming a 50-foot giant squid. People, 3,000 feet? Well, they're in a submersible. I bet they were. But (laughs) they're filming a 50-foot giant squid. Whoa. And they're rarely, rarely ever seen. Yeah. Um, Greatly rumored as sea monsters, uh, you know, since antiquity. And here they are 3,000 feet down face-to-face with this thing. Yeah. You know the squid, giant squid, has an eyeball the size of a basketball? Uh, I forget what yeah, they pointed out the big eye. Yeah. yeah. Well, in low light situations, it makes sense. But yeah, well, Did, didn't seem as mean as the polar bear trying to attack the guy in the glass cage that we saw the other day on TV, too. <laughs> so. Oh, um, how long does a uh, sperm whale live, do you think? Oh, that's a good question. I, I would, I would. More than a little bit. Yeah. I would say probably maybe 80, 100 years anyway. Yeah. And this one, as you said, was mostly mature, so it yeah. wasn't a brand new animal. No, but it wasn't ready for the uh, the back pasture yet either. I guess taking apart a whale is a particularly uh, well. It's got to be the smell. The uh, I mean, you know. Uh, yeah. I guess it's quite something. I guess that's one of the reasons why they check the stomach because they're probably looking for ambergris, you know, to help uh, fund the studies because that stuff is 
quite valuable. I don't. I don't know if they can. <laughs> you know, can we take uh, move. Yeah, I don't know if we can sell parts of the whale, can we? Oh yeah, I mean you can get ambergris on on the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean somebody's. I guess I guess when the whale, um, pardon my English, pukes up a piece of ambergris, it'll float and wash up on shore. But I, I bet you when people find whales. They uh, go looking, too. All right. That's what I'm doing this afternoon. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, a couple of other little items of interest here. I don't think we mentioned this uh, last time. The Hurricane Sandy uh, just devastated the boating world down in Long Island Sound and passed through there quite a bit on delivery. And the the just density of the boats there is is pretty impressive to start off with. Mm. And... It was curious what happened. A lot of the boats that were left in the water survived perfectly. And the biggest uh, loss of of the boats were boats that were hauled and winterized and specifically had their drain plugs pulled. And these boats were refloated on a uh, 11-foot surge, uh, uh, tidal surge, and they sank. Mm, Yeah, with the drain plugs out. Yeah. A lot of the boats that were uh, in the water were unscathed. The the boats weren't really damaged by uh, waves and, and uh, uh, wind and pounding. Even the ones that were in slips? The uh, biggest cause of boats that were uh, in slips that went adrift was the whole slip come adrift from, from uh, oh, its Oh, coming off the top of the poles. Yeah, yeah. Dr- just uh, surged huh. right up over the top of the poles, and docks full of boats <laughs> were sent ashore. Well. But... 65,000 boats were 650 million bucks. Boy. And that's a mess. And they were under people's front porches and on the golf course and, I mean, just everywhere. And a pickup stick pile that, um, again, uh, what happens to those boats? How do they get disposed of? Some of them need to be repaired. Um, we should go down and get some fixer-uppers uh, for WERU and sell them again. The... Uh, uh, boat insurance works the same as the car insurance. They will try to resell those at auction, the ones that are, are sellable and fixable, and recoup what they can and, and you know, crush up and disappear the rest, I suppose. So, mm. But just absolutely extraordinary. And kind of counterintuitively, the boats that were, uh, you know, uh, hauled preventively ended up in the worst trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and the storm surge. There's the, the, yeah. It happened on a lunar high tide. So the ones that were on land keeled over. Good one, Alan. So, <laughs> we've told our guest here this morning you're uh, you're welcome to chip in at any time. You're as much co-host as, as Steve a, Stone. Uh, a little quick, quick aside here. Um, back in uh, my day, maybe your day too, Mike. When we are, were young and used, you're to older go, than I am, man. Yeah, uh, go to the movies and yeah. uh, um, we'd watch a lot of westerns. You know, and they had the westerns had. Great actor names and actresses' names of my, you know, I immediately think of my, Marilyn Monroe, not really her name, but, you know, it's sort of a kind of a name that rolls off your tongue. My grandmother had a great name, too. Her maiden name was Grace Garland. But anyway, uh, if you think of a great cowboy western hero star, Steve Stone. There you comes go. <laughs> Def- definitely Sounds action like hero <laughs> stuff, you know, no doubt about it. Well, that's a great introduction. Thank you, guys. It's, You're welcome. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, with he's you. wearing the white hat too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'd uh, really should mention the boat from Stonington that is uh, still missing off of Cape Cod, Massachusetts, a scallop boat, mm, yep. and uh, it's interesting. Now, 
the scallop uh, and shrimp fishery here this winter is just in the toilet. And there are a lot of boats that want to participate. There are a lot of boats that re-rig from lobster fishing, say, to dragging for the wintertime, keep the boys busy, make money, get something coming in. And uh, the first day of the season, uh, I believe uh, a big pile of boats congregated on Blue Hill Harbor. And they they get sweet spots, and they all go to the same spots, mm-hmm. and, and they're running out. So... Some of the boats travel, and this boat from Stonington had gone down to Gloucester, Mass., and was fishing out of Gloucester, Mass., and had done this uh, before. The people in Gloucester know the boys down there, and uh, while they're not a local boat, they kind of think of them as as a Gloucester boat, you know, when you get right down to it. So they were, um, uh, let's think, uh, north and east of uh, the tip of Cape Cod up towards Stellwagen Bank, and uh, dragging for scallops, and they disappeared. Hmm. And so what happened to those boys? They haven't found them either. Yeah. Yeah, what happened to those boys? The uh, Scallop dragging can be dangerous because it'll trip your boat over quite quickly, and you don't have much time to react if it goes over sideways. It is a definite possibility that you can uh, get your drag hung up on something underwater, and basically it pulls the boat right back underwater. Hmm. That can happen, but, uh, of course, they're looking for that. And, uh, you know, they... they uh, Try not to let that happen or, or to uh, unplan themselves when it happens. But anyway, the the theory is uh, with some people that they got run over by a ship. Oh, right, because, yeah, at night, was this crew of two probably on board? They're yep. both both asleep, just leave their, their – well, I guess it isn't an anchor light, but they have some sort of light going. Well, it's um, – you would think that would be a hard thing to happen, to have a ship sneak up on you on, on a big open part, piece of water, but it's not unknown at all. Uh, they come pretty fast, and the uh, fishing boat is traveling, you know, four to six knots, say, if that. And the other, uh, let's say it was a tanker or something, uh, they're making in the high teens probably, if not 20. Mm-hmm. And they do come up pretty fast. Um, it's also possible they got run over by a tug and a, and a barge. And uh, so anyway, that's the idea that, that possibly they were run over. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, if I could find it real, I can't find it real quick here, but I got an old uh, Points East magazine. And it's an old column by uh, Dodge Morgan here. And he's talking about a trip back from Bermuda. And he's feeling pretty self-satisfied until all of a sudden he looks up and like 500 yards away coming right at him is a big ship. Hmm. And Dodge Morgan was quite practiced at that sort of thing. He's yeah. single-handed. uh you know, set records uh, sailing around the world, and that happens to everybody. Hmm. Um, you that know. must be a scary video. <laughs> Her big bow hanging over your head. Yeah. And uh, it's hard sometimes when when you do see a ship coming to uh, appreciate the relative motion of them, too. It's it's a tricky situation when mm-hmm. they're right on you. You think, well, you just squirt right out of the way. Not quite that easy. Yeah. And Well, uh, if it happened at night, they might have been just... just dead in the water too yeah i'm not sure of the not sure of the circumstances but the boys haven't been found they were down in massachusetts fishing because they were trying to make a living and uh the theory is that they got run over hmm. yeah so and we're very sorry yeah we are very sorry so where are we at it's quarter past boat talk and we've got steve stone in from off center harbor dot com which is a um it's kind of a internet magazine isn't it you could describe it like that. We're in a uh, classic boating website full of videos and blogs by experts in the field. So, Now, uh, speaking of experts, 
What's your background, Steve? We like to ask people um, the boat talk question I call. What happened to you when you was a little kid messed you up about boats? <laughs> you know? Well, it happened to all of us who were involved in this. And uh, one day, uh, oh, I must have been nine or ten, and my dad showed up home from work one day with a laser sailboat. And uh, I quickly got hooked and started sailing Hobie Cats and other things. And, and, uh, and then later in life got involved with the wooden boats and ended up on a, on a great Harrisoft end in the South Pacific, and that's how I got hooked. Ooh. A laser. Now, did you start in freshwater or saltwater? Oh, yeah. I'm from Texas originally. Uh, so, okay. So, yep. uh, well, me too. Are so, you? Yep. Well, not Texas, but I started in, in freshwater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, lakes in Texas, it's a good place to learn to sail as a kid. Yep. Um, behind your your uh, name on the website there, it says filmmaker. Uh, you, what happened to you there? Right. Well, back in my younger days, I went to film school out in California and, and uh, worked in the film business for a while and, and uh, shot a few on my own and and uh, then threw it aside to, to do business stuff for most of my career and, and just a few years ago came back here and picked up the filmmaking and now we have 70 some odd videos on the site and and uh, I'm back into the filmmaking side, so it's a great pleasure. Tell us about uh, some of the other people involved in the website. I would like to start with Maynard Bray, who was one right. of the first hosts of Boat Talk. Well, those among guys, other uh, claims to fame. Those guys are the real stars. It's yes, Mayn- that's, that's what I'm getting at here. Right, yeah. Maynard Bray, uh, of course, um, is quite almost legendary in the field of wooden boats and he's been the technical editor at wooden boat magazine for what 30 years now yeah uh came through the uh uh mystic mystic uh, seaport right. yeah was it mystic seaport for 20 some odd years before that i think i may have my dates wrong but uh yeah and was was played a played a big part in in putting the small boat collection uh, the, the entire livery collection down at mystic seaport together which happens to be uh, i guess what two of your videos, the right. uh, the Mystic Seaport. I've checked them out. Some great, great boats there. Some of them are really old too. Right. It's, right. Uh, well, he had a uh, um, must have been a wonderful time back in the day where he started at, at Mystic uh, Seaport. You yeah. know, and and he had a charge of of going to collect these boats and and saving them. And uh, now they have a wonderful historical library of of, uh, of boats down there in a warehouse that that is uh probably unmatched around the world mm, yeah when you see the video it's it's pretty impressive there's mm. racks and racks of, of small boats there it's 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 a it's a great site at offcenterharbor.com when you watch that particular video you see eric blake's assign uh, excitement eric blake is another person involved with off center harbor one of the founders and he's a boat builder down at brooklyn boatyard right and uh quite talented a uh, young boat builder, and you can see Eric's excitement because he gets to go through the small craft collection at Mystic Seaport with Maynard Bray, mm-hmm. the guy who who yeah. uh, built that collection, or one of the guys that built the collection. Right. You actually gets to lay his hands on the boats, whereas most people, when they go to a museum, you're just looking through glass. So it must have been a great experience. Right. And to get to hear the perspective of Maynard you know, talk about these boats and how they came in and what their historical um, and and design relevance mm-hmm. is, is is quite a treat. Now, uh, again, we're uh, uh, saying that this website has some principles and it has a lot of other contributors. 
Um, so Steve Stone, Maynard Bray, Eric Blake, who else is, uh, who, who are the other principals? Um, the other two founders are Ben Mendelowitz. That's who, a bit of a name, too. Exactly. Benjamin Mendelowitz, one of the most famous marine photographers around. Right. Yeah. And did the cal- has done the calendar for wooden boats for 30 years now. Yeah, um, that association has been nothing but gold for both of them. Right. Yeah. So, uh... So you're starting probably to get a picture that uh, I'm, I'm... Some sit- high-end people. Some <laughs> I'm, very high-end people. I'm sitting in a very fortunate spot. We being, assume you're high-end, too. Be, being the filmmaker, I get to, yeah. I get to witness all this and, and f- try to figure out how to, how to put it into video so, and, and be amongst and kind of in the center of all these amazing people. So. Have we left anybody out? We have Bill Mayer. Bill, I thought so, yeah. Who's a uh, r- renowned uh, maritime writer. Um, an author, and um, so he provides a lot of the f- flair and flavor on the site um, from the wording and in the videos and, and blogs and so on. So, and uh, pretty wise old guy. So well. you're, you're overdubbing some uh, descriptions in the videos afterwards. We do. We do a little bit of voiceover work when a when a video needs it. We try not to use those, but mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it, it it makes sense to do that. And yeah. B- Bill's great. Uh, flair for writing uh, plays a key role there. Voiceover. I'm hearing the need for people to say anything into a microphone, you know, <laughs> self-consciously. I'm hearing voiceover work. I understand it's extraordinarily well-paid for <laughs> Pixar and people like that. So, one If you'd like to contribute to Boat Talk, that's the number. one 625 Yeah, please join the conversation at any time. Now, Steve, um, we've got these uh, principals who have started the Off-Center Harbor website here all these people are already uh, in the marine media business when you get right down to it. Right. Um, associated with uh, Wooden Boat Magazine, Eric Blake, I guess, is just a boat builder, I suppose. I don't know, I don't know if he's a writer or any kind of... Uh, uh, well, he's starting to become a writer. He's doing some really great blogs on the site um, where he takes everybody a walk around Brooklyn Boat Yard and, and some of the projects going on um, around locally. Yeah, uh, but he's a boat builder. He also teaches at the Wooden Boat School. Um, so, well, here's what interests me: um, Maynard Bray, Benjamin Mundewitz, uh, uh Bill Mayer, uh, Steve Stone, Eric Blake. You guys are all, as I say, already involved in making a living through the marine, uh, you know, uh, public and uh, pub- publishing industry. Uh, Wooden Boat Magazine being a, a great local tie-in. So this is a new venture to get different material, uh, more different material out in a different way and uh, make money at it too. Well, we hope eventually um, <laughs> the latter happens. Um, right now we're all really pitching in because we're passionate about it and we, we figured out, we shot a couple of videos a, a couple of years ago and all of a sudden um, it became apparent that videos could really bring this world to life, you know, and you could get up close to the experts and really by the way they handled their tools and the way they talked about things, you could get really close and, and, uh, and uh, get close to the world of wooden and classic boats, mm-hmm. but whether it be the building side or heading out to an island for a lobster bake, you know, and showing the fun of it as well. Starting a uh, magazine like a restaurant, I guess, is a fairly perilous undertaking. Most of them fail. Mm. And uh, that's in the best of times. Right. And publishing is is changing drastically as we speak, and and you know magazines are hurting, uh, publishing's hurting all over the place. So 
we're striking out into the uh, new winter world there, and again, looking for a revenue stream, and, and uh, it's got to be a, a kind of a challenging uh, uh, idea to go for there, and, and so how do you guys uh, expect to make that happen? Do you, uh, are we advertising? How do we, how do we uh, attract attention here, and, and uh, how do we build a following? How do you sell this thing? Yeah, it's a good question. We've we uh, we are staying away from advertising. There's absolutely no advertising on the site, and it's a membership site, so there's a fee, um, and that's how we're earning revenue. Um, and um, it's gone really, really well the first year. Um, we have quite a few members, and uh, even lifetime members. There's a choice when you join to join as a um, annual member or a lifetime member and how far have, away are some of your members oh um france italy mm, that's just, great just had a uh, lifetime member join from italy yesterday from from attica i believe or cyprus i guess um, mm. anyway so we're starting to get an international reach and that's really nice because you can do that on the web it's a lot harder with print um, you, you talked about advertising on the center harbor website not taking in ads but uh you advertise in Wooden Boat Magazine, for instance? Um, we do not. We don't do any advertising in print magazines just because it's web-driven, um, and so it's really hard to get people from print to the web. Um, but we do partnerships with um, partners like Jamestown Distributors and Mystic Seaport, and they have extremely large email lists, and we do some partnerships and joint marketing um, with those folks that have, have the customers and have the, have the large lists of folks that are passionate about wooden and classic boats. Here's a good question. We've got a uh, distinguished roster of, of marine uh, uh, experts here. Is anybody an expert on business, let alone Internet business? <laughs> uh, who Do you have a business manager? Is, you know? Well, we do. Um, it's not really publicized on the site. Um, I have a background in business and entrepreneurship. You were and, saying earlier. And so on. But we, um, we, you know, we, all tip, we all really run it together. Um, and so it's a, uh, you know, sometimes it works great to run things by committee and consensus, and sometimes it doesn't. But uh, you know, we're all five guys who are kind of for a long time, many decades, used to getting our own way and doing things our own way. So you can imagine, you know, what that's like. But at the same time, that's a lot, a lot of experience amongst those five folks, business and otherwise. And and so it always comes down to being better as we hash things through. And and we've learned to really respect the the group um, and how we come up with decisions. Kind of a classic paradigm that just because you can build a boat doesn't mean you can uh, market and sell it. Right. It's a, right. being in business is a whole different skill set. Um, it's one thing I've learned. I'm, you know, I love building stuff. I don't care that much yeah. about business. <laughs> you keep track of what you have to. You know? Right. Somebody told me once when I started a company, they said, oh, that's great. You built your product. Now trying to sell it is 10 times as hard. And, uh, and that's really true. I've always said the uh, job of a fisherman is not catching the fish, it's selling it. That's exactly. the tricky part. Right. And it's, right. Easy, you know, it's easy to build something, but uh, right. to sell it at a profit, that's the trick. Right. So you're just uh, trying to live on the Internet there. That's, pretty, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's the new model, and we'll see if, if it works long term. We've got a really, really great start, and uh, people seem to be really excited about it. And and um, they're seeing the world of classic and wooden boats in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got some, some beautiful boats in some of those videos. What was the first one? 
Well, that's a great question. It really gets back to the start of Off Center Harbor. And um, I was down uh, working on a little project on an S-boat. We were steam bending frames. Okay, the, let's describe S-boat first. Yeah, the S-boat is a uh, is a Nathaniel Hairsoft design from, um, if Maynard was here, he could tell you exactly, I think 1926. Maybe the design was 1919. I can't remember, but right in that. Mm-hmm. A low sailboat with what? Um, it's a two mass. It's a really, really fast little twenty six, twenty eight foot um, skinny boat yeah. with a curved mast, and and it was, as I understand it, it was kind of the 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 fast day sailor that the guys, the Vanderbilts and so on, could race um, mm-hmm. in the afternoon. So um, back in that period of time, and uh, so we were steam bending frames one day, and Maynard came by as he often does, and and was taking still photographs as we were bending the frames in. And and uh, I said, hey, doesn't that thing do video? Does that little camera do video? And so we flipped it over to video, and he took a clip of us bending a frame in, and he took a look at that clip on the camera and said, that little clip shows the process of bending a frame in better than I've been able to write about in 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so that was really the start, and and we we got together, Maynard and I did, and said, well, why don't we do a little video of the steam bending frame process? And uh, and Brian Larkin, who was leading the project at the time, who's the lead builder down at Brooklyn Boatyard, and and a real uh, amazing one of the best boat builders around, he helped us, and we put together a little video of the steam bending of frames into the S boat, and that's our first video. Hmm. Cool. We are about halfway through Boat Talk this morning. We're talking to Steve Stone from uh, OffCenterHarbor.com. And you are welcome to join the conversation at any time. Give us a call, 1-866-625-9378. We'll, uh, like say, always always eager for other people to join the conversation here. We should also mention that the Boat Talk org website has been more or less upgraded now too we can uh, there's a list of uh, topics on the right hand side that you can scan down through and listen to uh, various boat talks of past years that, that uh, somehow involved that subject have you, have you looked at it yet mike I haven't recently, Alan. Uh, I'm, I'm not wired at home, I Yeah, I know say. you're not at home. Yeah. And at the library, here's the problem at the library. They won't let you plug anything into that computer, not even headphones. Okay? So you can't listen to anything, and you can't really watch too much either. Hmm. So uh, I checked it out yesterday, Alan, and it's a great resource. Yeah, it looks really slick. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it is becoming a resource. At first, it was just sort of a uh, for people who missed a show could could catch up on the last ones but now like you say it's uh, you can scroll down through a whole variety of subjects mm-hmm. like like mike says uh how do you spend uh, 24 hours on a buoy in january we do have a phone call so let's go to that good morning welcome to boat talk hi this is rufus in orland hello rufus good morning rufus uh did you say that s boat had a curved mast and what does that mean it does, um, and I probably won't use the correct terms um, to describe this, but it has a uh, it has a uh, quite a curved mass that uh, starts out straight at the bottom and curves aft um, towards the top. And as I understand it, um, you guys may correct me, but the idea 
um, was to get a better angle at the top of the mast and get more sail area up there. Right. <clears throat> They're doing that now with bendy masts right. you know, that, that do have that doesn't go straight up anymore. Right. So, uh, yeah, and uh, the particular mast we got with this boat was um, needed some work as well. So it was it was really fun to watch the guys at the boatyard um, do We're some fixing the curved mast, do and, some scarfs and and, yeah. and work some things good thing. In there. Was Eric there for that? He was. Yeah, right. that I'm going to say you need a mastermind. Right. <laughs> now we got our uh, principals in the off Santa Harbor website, but you also have a lot of people who contribute, and a lot of those people are, are pretty knowledgeable too. Well, we're we're really lucky. Um, when we first started this out, we went to some of the leading experts in the field and said, "Hey, will you help us out and and uh, write blogs on the site?" and uh, And we brought, I think, there's 25 of the leading experts in the field on the site now, and they're guides. We uh, we name them guides respectfully um, because they really guide us. And um, we can go through a list of those later and and talk about a few specific. Uh, ones, um, but these are, these are top-notch folks that have decades of experience, um, whether it be sailing and or building, and uh, so they write blogs on the site regularly. Got a little uh, criticism, I guess, when you uh, Google centerharbor.com, offcenterharbor.com, you get the homepage there, and the homepage doesn't lead you to the blogs and other places. It has a sample video, it has a, a, a res, quick registration place so you can get to see more free stuff. Right. And I hate to put it this way, but it's kind of like the uh, sex websites. You get a little <laughs> bit of free stuff and it makes you want more. And then you want to get out your credit card. That's, I mean, that's the business model. It's the same basic idea. Um, but the uh, uh, the homepage doesn't lead you to the blogs and stuff right away. Uh, that came on the Google men- menu is how I found those. was fascinated by the blogs. That was the thing I was drawn to, not being able to watch the movie section on, on uh, the library computer there. And uh, was particularly taken by one of the subjects that recurred across a number of blogs. Uh, name your three favorite boat books. Right. And as a great reader, uh, that just blew me away. And I've sampled through a few of those so far and haven't found a book I know yet. Really? That's Which really fantastic. excited me. And, and <laughs> yeah. I, I almost wrote some of them down yesterday. I thought, don't be greedy. This is all written down right here. You can just, you know, you can get them through the library loan system one at a time here. And we got a lot of reading out of us. So um, I thought that was fascinating. But again, your homepage uh, doesn't lead you right there. I thought that was, yeah, you know, uh, could have could have been a little easier to navigate because I didn't yeah. immediately find the place that I that really attracted me. So right, but uh, again, you've got people from around the world contributing here. Right. Well, two questions there from you, Mike. One is the homepage, and yes, we do that specifically so that um, we. The idea is we really don't want to try and hard sell somebody when they first come to the website, and so what that allows us to do is they come to the website, they get to see a six minute video on you know, what's inside. And then if they um, give us their name and email address, then we end up sending them, uh, I think it's about eight free videos that they can um, watch over the course of a couple of weeks. And then slowly they can decide and we tell them what Off Center Harbor is about and we send them free blogs as well. Mm -hmm. And so slowly they get the idea whether they want to join or not. And and either way, that's great. So um, it's a little less pressured sale and, and it lets it lets them get comfortable with who we are before they decide is there a feedback mechanism mechanism for uh, uh subscribers to interact with the 
There is. It, it, after every video, below every video and every blog, there's a comment section. So there's some really great discussions at the end of these videos and blogs and, you know, somebody weighing in with a better way to do something po- potentially or um, somebody commenting that they saw Aphrodite, which is one of our videos. They saw Aphrodite and when they were a kid and where they saw it and, and things like that. So there's some really great discussions. Aphrodite's a classic commuter yacht, isn't it? Right, yeah. exactly. It's got that torpedo stern. Yeah. yeah. Um, our friend Havila Hawkins is one of the bloggers. Yes, that's a good point. I saw that the other day and I smiled. So, yeah. Yep. Talk about knowledgeable, opinionated people right there. <laughs> our friend Captain Havila. Oh, he's one of our favorite and uh, we love him and he he writes some great stuff. And, and uh, we have probably three videos in the can that uh, we've already shot with him on Vela. And uh, so that's going to be a real treat when we can get those edited. With, with kids? Um, some of it with kids, right? Yeah, you know, that, he, that's his mission, really. He runs that great program and and uh, with the kids that he brings on for the summer, and, and it's fantastic. So we shot a little bit of that. And yeah, that would be the Windward Passage organization, which mm-hmm. takes uh, kids out and sails them around for a week or two with uh, other strange kids uh, under the supervision of Captain Havla Hawkins. And I visited on the boat with the kids, and I'm telling you what, uh, was a hell of a fellow to put in charge of a bunch of kids. Oh, I'm telling you, it's life-changing. And we went and shot at the beginning when the first kids got on one week. And, um, and I remember interviewing one of the girls, and she was very shy and very timid and, and withdrawn from the rest of the group. And uh, then we went on at the end of the week, and boy, it was, yeah. it was like seeing a different girl. And, and she talked about the experience and what it, what it did for her. Mm-hmm. Now, two words were uh, uh, just randomly thrown out earlier. One was wooden boat, and, and we got to uh, make sure that this is not a venture of Wooden Boat magazine. That's correct. Completely um, separate. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the other term was thrown out was classic boats, and, and they can mean two different things. Now, is we're not talking exclusively wooden boats, are we? We're not, no. And, you know, of course, with Ben Mendelowitz and Maynard Bray being involved, that's, you know, their expertise. And so we're going to um, start and focus on, you know, classic boats and wooden boats specifically. Um, but we're going to eventually broaden out, and we're doing starting to do videos on electrical systems and fiberglass repair, gasp. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> well, that's and, Mike and I's yeah. bread and butter there. So don't yeah. gasp too hard. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll eventually broaden out in into um, non wooden boat topics, but that's what we're focused on uh, at the start. I'm always a um, fairly competent uh, glass person. I used to have the nickname of the Goo Master uh, ah. in certain places. And, and on the other hand, uh, some people think that I'm not real great at it, and, and that can be that can be let slide, too. Uh, <laughs> you know, like say, really what I do. So, yeah. But in uh, the, uh, of course, being an independent boat builder and, and working in a fiberglass boat, I mean, you got to. Um, people are always, oh, you must be a wooden boat purist. Nope, mm-hmm. can't afford it. Uh, mm-hmm. Wouldn't be any good reason for it anyway. You know, boat's a boat. And uh, so anyway, the um, site is up. It's growing. And and uh, how's it uh, how's it uh, going to grow and change over time? Or are we just trying to get our feet under us? Do we have plans for more than we're doing already? Well, the first year has been, um, you know, as you mentioned at the outset, you know, starting a, a magazine or starting a web venture is, is a pretty big task. So the, the goal of the first year was to make it through the first year and grow membership, and, and we've done that. Um, um, 
you know, and, and nobody really knew how that was going to start out. So we've done quite well and we're pretty happy and we had a huge boost at the end of the first year and a lot of people seem to like it. Um, moving ahead, um, we've done 70 videos. We'll probably do almost that many um, in the coming year, somewhere between 40 and 50. And, um, and add blogs and we're going to add a forum on the site. Um, and a couple of new surprises in, in 2013 as well. Yeah. You can always think up new departments for any magazine, can't you? <laughs> I guess what right. I'm getting at. Right. We're doing Boat Talk this morning, talking about com, and you can give us a call, join the conversation, 1-866-625-9378. we got Steve Stone in here this morning. He's a filmmaker, and... It's well known that everything is much more difficult in the marine environment, Steve. I would assume running expensive cameras as well. Yeah. Well, well here's the story. <laughs> I, can, I can see it already. If we ran expenses, if if we ran expensive cameras, I could tell you about that. But uh, um, what's really funny, Mike, is we started this venture, and and I shot on a point and shoot, a two hundred dollar point and shoot for the first maybe six or eight videos. And if you look at those videos versus some of our new stuff, the experienced eye can tell, but a lot of times you can't tell what's shot on a point-and-shoot, what's shot on my, uh, I call my adult camera. Um, we finally broke down and got a pretty nice camera, but it's not, um, you know, it's not something that is going to break the bank for anybody. We're shooting on pretty low-tech stuff. Hmm. Sound as well? Exactly. Yeah, yeah I've got a nice uh, little shotgun mic that puts on, sits on my camera, and we shoot most like that, or... I've seen um, the lavalier mics too. On, right, on occasionally major, we'll yeah. uh, we'll mic people, but uh, we keep it really low tech. Hmm. Live sound, I think, is integral to the experience when yeah. you get right down to it. Well, well I I think there's a, there's a skill level here too because I've tried uh, shooting videos <laughs> with a point and shoot camera, and mm -hmm. then when I look at them, they're really shaky. <laughs> the ones I do anyway. Yeah. Uh, now, if you, the ones that you've done. I've looked at. I I wouldn't have believed that they were shot with a point and shoot camera because they're nice, yeah. nice, solid, good looking. Well, not, not all of them. You know, a few of them have been shot with that, and occasionally you'll s see clips even in and amongst the sh stuff that was shot with the with the high end camera, and you can't hardly tell the difference. It all comes down to a good story and good sound. Oh. Well, I think you have some athletic ability there, too, to be able to <laughs> stay that steady. We do have a phone call, so let's let's go to that. Good morning. Welcome to Boat Talk. Good morning. This is Captain Yo. Good morning, Yo. I wanted to discuss the camera subject for a moment. I, too, have been shooting my models with a, an Olympus point-and-shoot. And with the models, you want to get as low a, a shot as possible and the thing's about the size of a deck of cards. It's rounded, it's slippery, it has a tiny little lanyard, and you sort of don't want to lose it. So what I did was I cut an apple crook and mounted a, a quarter 20 bolt on it, which fits the tripod hole in the bottom of the camera, so I can actually get a good grip and hold it over the side. But even so, it's... Once you're holding it away from yourself, you can't really see the screen too well, and it's hard to follow the action. Of course, the other thing is you've got to get a model that's waterproof. So I'm, I'm wondering if um, you can talk a little bit about how you stabilize the view and what sort of equipment you have that can stand up to salt water spray. 
Thanks okay. so much for putting on the program, and thank you to everyone for supporting Community Radio. Well, yo, before you go, um, why don't you tell us your website? I've, I've seen some of your videos, and they are interesting. Um, it's www.flamingfish.net. Very good. Thank you, yo. And there Thanks is, again. And there is a, a link to the Flaming Fish website at boattalk.org. So, Steve, we're not just talking about putting this uh, little Canon video camera in a, in a, in a Ziploc bag, are we? <laughs> that doesn't work? No, you know, and, and um, I, I guess it's fair to say there's some tricks of the trade, you know, and, and I did go to one of the better film schools in the world. But that being said, um, it all comes down to story and sound, and I'm going to reemphasize that. Um, and it's not about the tech equipment and uh you can get lost in the tech equipment and and uh you can spend very little and if you have a good story and good audio um that can carry the day um but in answer uh, to trying to answer the caller's question a little bit um i think that was a good idea to screw uh something into the bottom of the camera so you can get a grip um obviously they're slippery and it's wet and um um yeah, as far as um, leaning a camera over the side, um, you, you do. You want to get as low an angle as possible when the boats are running. Um, if you can get close to the water, it brings the viewer closer and it, and it increases this, the uh, sensation of speed. So it's nice to get low to the water. Um, and we actually don't use a waterproof camera. We've played around with a couple of them. Um, I know Ben has one, and he's played with one. Um, and um, is there some wood around here? <laughs> We've never dropped a camera in the water and never ruined a camera yet. Um, but um, so we don't use waterproof yet anyway. I haven't found one that I like the quality of. Um, and we use a, a camera that's, you know, like I said, I keep one on my hip that's a $200 point and shoot. And it's remarkable how much you can shoot in volume and get better shots with a little point and shoot on your hip that's easy to grab than our, you know, $2,500 camera that is in a bag. Hmm. Um, so one of, the, one of the things I recommend is, is having a little camera and having it on your hip um, to shoot. You talk about getting right down to the waterline. When I'm watching right. video, I try, you try to imagine where's the camera. Mm. You know, and the fisheye view, you've got to get down where it's wet. Um, famous boat, uh, shot of a boat I used to captain for a, an ad for a boatyard. We got a fellow at the top of the mast, and we're looking down on him. Where's the camera? You know, <laughs> you, you get to go some uh, athletic places. You uh, obviously have the choice of being on board, whatever you're photographing, or in a chase vehicle. You got to have another right. boat. To, you're not swimming after this boat, right? Generally. Right. Um, so uh, point of view is everything to a filmmaker, I'm, I'm thinking. It camera. really is, and, you know, that's where we've talked about Ben Menlowitz, but that's one of the great advantages that we have and I have is as I'm shooting video, a lot of times if we're chasing a boat, I'm, I'm on Ben's boat. I'm on Ben's chase boat. And so, you know, there's not a word spoken. He knows exactly where to get for that boat for the right Experiences, yeah. Right? Telling. And, um, you know, it's video's new. It's a little different than still photography. So we, you know, we experiment a little bit. But, but we've got, you know, uh, between Maynard and Ben, um, you all may know of Miles Thurlow. He's a rigger down in Martha's Vineyard. We were on Malabar, too, a couple summers ago, and I was telling him about OffCenterHarbor.com and, 
Maynard and and Ben, and he said, "Oh, you so you got the golden key? You can go to any shop or any boat you want <laughs> with one phone call or one email." Good and, point. And, yeah. and that's how lucky we are. We you know any boat in the world or any shop in the world, and the top ones, you know, Maynard or Ben gives a call, and, and we're in well the next known, day. Yeah. And that's one of the benefits is is the viewers of these videos and the blogs get get that inside track. Um, Notice that uh, people nowadays, I saw uh, somebody cruising and they rig a uh, kite and put a camera up above their boat to take pictures. Just, again, point of view is kind of fascinating to me, you know. Think up new ways to get get unusual shots. Yeah, we're entering a whole new world. There's cameras out there that are light and have brackets now. to Critter cams. Yeah, put on your helmets and skis and um, so on. So we'll be experimenting with that sometime. Interesting. Mm Phone's ringing again. You can give a call to 1-866-625-9378. Good morning. You're on Boat Talk. Good morning, gentlemen. Great show. Good morning, Michael. Uh, well, the camera thing kind of got my interest. I, um, um, when I did my, my long high-latitudes trip across the Atlantic in 2011, I took a Canon G9 and a, and a little Panasonic hard drive um, video camera I have, both of which, of course, are very vulnerable to to water, and I just took a, a lot of care to keep them out of the water, especially because it's salt water, and I, I did okay, but it does restrict you. So I'm going to uh, promote something now that I've just bought, but I haven't used, but I've seen the results, and um, uh, I just purchased the GoPro Hero 3, which is a fairly tiny video camera. Um, it's 11 megapixels, and depending on which model you, they're all 11 megapixels in in uh, in video mode. I bought the least expensive one, which only takes five megapixel stills, but it comes with a completely waterproof case. And um, if you go to the if you go to the GoPro website, uh, you can see the results. Uh, surfers use them, um, BMX riders use them. Uh, I, apart from being a wooden boat. Uh, lunatic. I, I, I have a confession. I'm also a, a sports car guy, so I have a I have a fast toy car um, that I autocross, and uh, I really bought this camera for that. And um, there are quite a lot of if you go on YouTube, there are quite a lot of uh, videos on YouTube using this camera. And all I can say is that for a couple hundred bucks, it's a pretty impressive piece of gear, and it comes with every kind of mount you could possibly imagine. I mean, they've got a roll bar mount, they've got a tripod mount, they've got a chest mount, helmet mount, they're coming out with a wrist mount, Um, everything you could imagine. Uh, Stick-on mounts, clamp-on mounts, and the thing looks to be pretty indestructible and uh, very lightweight, and everything goes on to a micro SD card. It'll take up to, I think, a 64 gig micro SD card. So, um, so, has, has your uh, guest there, has he heard of these or, or used one or seen them? Yeah, the GoPros are uh, pretty cool little new cameras. They've been on the market a couple of years. We um, have not bought one, and I have not experimented with one, primarily because they don't have um, good audio, from what I understand. Um, that waterproof box severely limits the audio. So, they're really cool for certain things, like you're talking about, um, but for the way... Um, we shoot, and, and I particularly shoot, um, I haven't had a lot of use for it yet, anyway. 
Um, well, but that's well, not what, that's not to say we won't in the future for really cool shots at the end of a boom or something. What I um, what I was reading about that is that the waterproof. The camera comes with a completely waterproof box, and they tell you right on the in the instructions that if you use the completely waterproof one, as in you're surfing or diving, mm-hmm. um, that will definitely muffle and screw up the sound. But the but the other back has two little oval cutouts. And the people I've talked to who, with cars who have used these in the rain um, say they leave that one on. No water gets inside because it's on the back. And that allows the microphone to get um, much better sound pickup. And I have to say, I'm listening to the YouTube, um, some of the YouTube uh, films, the sound is really good. I'm so I'm talking about the sound of high-performance um, internal combustion engines rather than the sound of waves rippling by the hull. But uh, they also have a remote mic jack, so you have an option of, of what you can uh, what you can plug in. So I, as I say, I'm 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 looking at mine in the box at the moment, and uh, I, I haven't done anything with it other than take one photograph. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to. To trying it out, and it seems like for the money, it's it's worth a shot. It's quite a bit less than I paid for my my little Panasonic um, uh, video hard drive video. And it also has uh, it also has a, a, a lot of feet like it has a remote control feature where you can start and stop it with a remote control button you can wear on your wrist or your key ring. It's quite an interesting little piece of gear for for not a lot of money anyway. We'll see what happens. You guys talking uh, pixels and, and st- camera talk, and, and uh, I realize what people hear when we talk boats sometimes. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> what the hell are they talking about? Um, does this allow you to edit as well? How do we edit it these does. things? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got, you know, it's fully compatible with, um, with, with, the, with the computer, and, uh, yeah, you can do all sorts of stuff with it, I guess. I, like I say, I'm... All I've done is I've just sort of talked myself into this thing from listening to other people who've had them and looking at the results um, on YouTube. And uh, especially, you know, um, one of the disappointments I had was I, uh, I bought my little, um, my little Panasonic camera, and uh, when I mounted it on my car uh, to record a, a fast run, uh, the thing... As soon as basically soon after I got going, the thing shut down and kicked out because the hard drive said I was shaking the thing around too much with the violent motion of the car. Hmm. And uh, so, uh, you know, after making a really a really quick run at an autocross and feeling really good about myself, I came back to look at the exciting results on film and got nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that was kind of a disappointment. Um, Two questions unrelated to offsantaharbor.com, Michael. Um, what kind of car? Uh, what I have is a modern Lotus 7. You know Lotus what that is? Lotus 7, yeah. I remember it's a yeah. Lotus Super 7 that you could actually get as a kit. They're sexy, aren't they? Yeah. Right, they right. Well, well almost open wheel. Quit, he quit building these in the 70s, but there are two firms in the world that build authentic, up-to-date, modern versions. There's Caterham in England and Birkin in South Africa, and I have a Birkin. So it's a, yeah, it's a little aluminum-bodied car, aluminum and carbon fiber, and it's basically, uh, it's about as minimalist as you can get. It's, 
it's uh, you know it's kind of like a laser is to a sailboat. It, it's a twelve hundred and thirty pound car with a tank full of gas, and my <laughs> mine has about two hundred and forty brake horsepower. So it's um, it's yeah, it's it's about the most fun you can have on four wheels if you like to drive quick cars. Michael is uh, showing off his uh, roots there with his aluminium, and and uh, <laughs> he also has a. Uh, Boyard down in in uh, Stonington, Deer Isle, Maine. Uh, what what are we working on today, Michael? Uh, well, I hate to admit this, but I'm not working on anything today specifically because I'm unfortunately enjoying using the word loosely um, the beginning of uh, a rather regrettable medo- medical treatment called chemotherapy. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I have my, uh, my my colon cancer came back to revisit me, so I have metastatic, and uh, it's just in my lymph nodes, and I'm hoping for uh, a remission here. But yeah, I they 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 knocked the stuffing out of me last Thursday with an intravenous, and I think today is the first day I'm beginning to feel semi-human again. But I'm hoping to be. Uh, Hopefully down only about one week out of every month, and uh, I'm told I should be able to function for the other three weeks. So uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Man, and, they're um, literally trying to poison a, a part of you to save the rest. And, and to save the rest, yeah, yeah. I have to say, right now the uh, cure is seem, <laughs> seeming a little worse than the uh, <laughs> than the than the problem. But um, but actually, I am working on. Um, I had a. Um, I've got quite a few little lovely boats here, and one of them is a uh, uh, is a Murray Peterson design 22 foot uh, double ended motor launch that was built by Hodgson Brothers back in 1960, and uh, unfortunately discovered um, some issues with the stem this year, and uh, so I had to extract the stem, and uh, which which I have done, and I'm waiting for. Um, the delivery of a piece of black locust to carve myself a new one and drop that back in and um, various and sundry other small things a little bit of interior work on a on another boat and so but the stem issue is the biggest issue that's facing me this year and um, and my and my health which uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed about yeah Wow, we're we're uh, shocked and sorry to hear that, and wish you all the best. You beat it once, you can do it again. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I yeah. really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, they tell me it's low grade and pretty non-aggressive, and so I'm. I'm hoping for the best, and uh, staying on the right side of the dirt is definitely a priority here. So we'll stay in touch. All right. And well. uh, thanks for a great show, and and uh, I'll let you know how the GoPro Hero thing goes uh, as soon as i get in my car when the frosties go away and the sand is swept up <laughs> all right good to talk to you right. this morning best of luck to you michael yeah respect the healing period that's all i know about medicine thanks for your question michael yeah we are running boat talk right into the corner here this clock i don't believe is totally accurate but i guess it's about out of town time yeah. anyway so uh, we yeah the, you could say that the uh the photography show has flashed right by. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, offcenterharbor.com. Yes, and uh, thank you all very much for having us on, and we appreciate it. And I told you it'd go quick, and it wouldn't, you know, be fairly good time. So. It did, and yeah. and uh, I wanted to. Uh, we set up a discount for boat talk listeners this oh morning on the uh, on the site. And so um, once people go to the homepage and they opt in there and, and give us their name and email address, they'll get an opportunity to join. 
when they do, if they put in a coupon code Boat Talk, and that has two T's in it, yep. right? Boat Talk, they will get a special discount a little more than everybody else. Good That's Lord, great. we are restricted from speaking prices here, but like say, you go and you figure it out. Right. And varied content, video, blogs. Uh, pictures and and again a stellar cast of uh, principals, let alone worldwide uh, assembly of experts. Thank you. We get in, into everything from boat building to getting on boats and screaming down the reach at forty knots, like on Aphrodite and and mm-hmm. Malabar too. So lots of fun. One last question: uh, Are you open to, to uh, new content from other uh, providers? We'd love to see new content. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you think you're an expert uh, and you've got something to contribute. You can right. get a hold of offcenterharbor.com and, right. and offer it up. Right, and we have a section on our site called Flotsam, and that's where we put videos that are out on YouTube that we think are, are really worthwhile. So. Hmm. Nice. Very good. Steve Stone, a marine filmmaker. Marine, that's a, that's a good thing to add to anything. It ups the, ups the price now, doesn't it? <laughs> it means you're more corroded. <laughs> so, Thank time to make room for Rich Hill Singer and On the Wing coming up next here on Community Radio WERU FM, Blue Hill 89.9, 99.9 in Bangor, and around the world at WERU.org. Thanks to Joel Mann for Down in the Engine Room. I survive the pits of boat and I survive the sail, sir. I survive the pits of fish and take some home to lie, sir.